Well, hello everybody. This is Ryan Gatto and welcome to our Maris podcast series, Journeying to Freedom. Today we're joined by one of our own Maris brothers, Brother Mark O'Connor. Many of you would be familiar with Mark as he is someone who often contributes not only to the Maris world, but to the wider Catholic family. He's a person of great intellect and a very gifted writer and currently works for the Marist Association and is the Vicar of Communications for the Diocese of Parramatta. So welcome, Mark, to our podcast today. And how are you currently enjoying your work in the Bishop's Office? Thanks, Ryan. Um, well, I mean, the Parramatta Diocese is, uh, is a, a very multicultural, growing diocese led by a dynamic bishop, uh, former boat person and refugee, Bishop Vincent Long, who I think is one of the most respected and credible voices of uh, the leadership of the church in Australia and and beyond. So um, there's lots of uh, exciting things happening and, of course, there are tensions and all sorts of things going on in any uh, organisation, but uh, it's a a very enjoyable but at the same time challenging job. Yeah, Yeah, I imagine. Well, thanks for being with us, Mark, today. It's, uh, It's great to have you present. Look, as you'd be aware, our podcast series is about how God intends for his children not to only seek freedom, but to embrace it. And I just wonder, from your own understanding, what does God's freedom mean to you? Well, it probably means something different now from when I was younger, um, because I think experience does hopefully teach you a few things, not necessarily, but... um, but I like the phrase of the of the philosopher Paul Ricoeur, who says the journey of faith, and to some degree also the journey to freedom, is about moving from the first innocence through the desert of criticism to the second innocence. And what I mean by that is is that um, I think um, you you start off at least most of us have a reasonably uh, good childhood and initial introduction into the faith. Um, But then um, you go through adolescence and then you go through various crises as an adult. Uh, And the aim of the exercise is to try to, I think, reach that second innocence. But somehow you are living the the deep truths of, of the Catholic faith in a much more mature way than in perhaps in the naive way you might have had it in the beginning. In other words, um, it's 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 really about an interior journey, uh, and it's very hard uh, to give advice about anybody else's interior journey for them. We all have to go on this journey of somehow maturing in our faith and 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 coming to understand what we really desire, what's really going on in our hearts, and that's that's difficult because I think early on in one's life. Um, it can be quite confusing and um, and almost uh, um, bewildering to know what do you what, what do we really want in our own hearts because there are so many conflicting idols and attachments and addictions that we all have. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. And you know, as you said, each of us are on this journey towards freedom, and our life experience can teach us much about God and indeed our lives. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about your experience in regard to this and perhaps have there been some defining moments in your own life that speak into this freedom God offers? Well, using that, using that uh, metaphor of, uh, of from the first innocence through the desert of criticism to the second innocence, I would say that I had an essentially you know, happy childhood and family, but I found adolescence 
and competition at school and uh, and developing into young adulthood uh, difficult. I, I was confused. I didn't know what I wanted. I was searching for something, but I didn't know really what it was. There was a gap there. In my childhood, I felt there was a sort of fulfilment. But once I started getting into adolescence and young adulthood, I knew that I was lacking something. Um, I was searching for something, but uh, I thought, well, maybe I'll read the right book or I'll meet the right person or I'll come across something that will answer this gap in my heart. Um, now, part of, you know, being a Catholic and being a Christian and even thinking about and deciding over many years to remain and to and stay as a Maris brother, it was about trying to resolve that question of what is really going on in my heart. And initially um, that gap, that those desires, whether they were affective or e- emotional or whether I was... Um, striving to be somebody or whether I was comparing myself with other people or whether I was feeling um, questioning who I was in my identity or in my self-esteem, I experienced that as threatening, um, as, a, as a wound, and in some degree that uh, even at times loneliness. But as I, with help and with prayer and with reading and just through life's experience, I came to realise that, um, that if you like, you call that the desert of criticism in my life. Uh, but I came to realise that somehow that it wasn't so much that that need I was feeling or that wound or that lack um, wasn't something that was a sign that, that something was wrong. It was a sign, that was a sign that God was actually at work in my life. He was moving me from loneliness to some degree to uh, aloneness. It's not just because I've uh, chosen celibacy. Uh, I think this applies to everybody. Uh, We're all on a journey of trying to discover who we are as persons. And sometimes we see other people as somehow able to fill the gap in our lives. Um, But we, I think, often realise that no other person can actually fill that gap, not even the most ideal partner. We have to come to understand who we are uh, in the deepest part of our hearts. And that means that the spaces that are there, the wounds, in inverted commas, the, the, uh, the struggles, are not uh, something to be resisted, but they're something to be entered into um, as um, it's, a, it's all about finding the appropriate spaces so that it's not emptiness that's there. Well, what I often saw when I was in the, I've often said, you know, I've never had a midlife crisis because I've had a permanent life crisis. <laughs> um, um, what, I, what I often sort of have felt that, that, that what were the lacks or the emptiness or the wounds or things that I held on because of rejections from people or put downs that people have had, put me, you know, down in some way or another. Of course, the brothers, you know, are not perfect, you know. So even in the brothers, there's there's woundedness and sinfulness in every Christian community um, that I came to realise that that I had to understand 
that they were not necessarily signs that something was wrong in me, but they were signs of that grace could possibly be at work in in those situations. That's a long-winded part Mm. of it, but I hope that sort of... No, that's great. And Mike, you spoke of very real human experiences and the many realisations that came from that and where God was part of it. So that's... um, that's excellent, and I just wonder. So, so therefore, freedom is not freedom is not some sort of you know freedom to do whatever you like, or freedom of of uh, from all restraints, and you know freedom to just be my own self and to fulfil my potential. Yes, um, self love and self affirmation um, is an important aspect of becoming a person, um, but freedom is also coming to understand that um, that I my individuality uh, and my loneliness or even my aloneness is all part of a necessary journey uh, to communion. But communion is not me blending in or merging into another person. That's what the problem with many people is, is that, you know, they, they, they've never really discovered who they are in their own hearts and so they merge with another person mm-hmm. or another group or another identity or, you know, that's what you have in extreme movements like nationalism and fascism. Yeah. Uh, that's what you have when people, you know, become um, obsessed with, you know, promoting a particular group or movement. You know, I mean, God isn't going to ask me at the end of my life, you know, were you Marcel and Champagne, Mark O'Connor? No, he'll ask me, were you... Were you Mark O'Connor? Yeah, that's right. You know, um, were you really yourself? Were you really, were you really, you know, accepting the gift of your personality that God has given, has given you? Um, and I think many people are sort of are stuck by believing that their looks, their the amount of money they've got, the amount of friends they've got, uh, the image they have um, is really what is the motivating desire in their life, but. Those things can be very destructive because they they don't help people get free. They help they help you. They, they in fact they enslave you if you're not careful. Yeah. No, you're definitely right there, yeah. Mark. And I just wonder, in all of your experience in your own life, but also the work within the life of the church, is there one bit of advice you might be able to give our listeners today around this area of journeying towards freedom and wholeness? Well, in the is a famous book by George Bananos. Um, called The Diary of a Country Priest, which is the story of a, of a young priest and his journey towards freedom. He's, he's a rather conflicted individual, like many of us. He's got all sorts of inconsistencies. He's in a place where it's very the tough parish in the middle of nowhere in France. Uh, he often fails in his pastoral ministry. He's very confused. He doesn't have a clue where it's all, what, where it's all going, uh, but he prays and he's trying to be kind to people and he tries to love people. And at the end of the of the novel, he's actually he discovers he's only in his mid thirties that he's dying of cancer, and he goes to Paris to see a specialist. Um, and while he's there, he discovers he's, it's terminal, and he goes to stay with a, a former seminarian friend of his who has left the priesthood and is now living in a de facto relationship uh, in an irregular situation. He's and he goes to stay with him. And as he's, uh, he dies there in this guy's house. And as he's dying, he says something which has always found, I've always found very helpful. He says, um, the last words of the novel are, uh, how easy it is to hate oneself. True grace is to love oneself 
in Christ. So um, my advice is is to we have to find ways to move beyond the very um, common tendency and temptation for people to subtly or not so subtly to engage in self-hatred and to and to punish themselves um, in all sorts of unconscious ways and that we have to find ways to nurture and develop in our in, inner life um, the space to receive Christ's love, that Christ loves us as we are. And in fact, he loves us. This is probably the most important thing. He doesn't love us because we are perfect. He doesn't love us because we get things right. He doesn't love us because we're moral and inverted commas. He loves us precisely in our weakness and in our vulnerability. And to really accept that, to really accept that Christ loves us and loves other people, therefore, in their weakness and in their vulnerability, gives you a freedom. Mm. I think a freedom to to accept, to let go also, you know, at the end of one's life and one's projects and to let go and accept the mystery of Christ, uh, to move, to return to a kind of a second innocence. It, you know, as a child, you were in a kind of innocence and you accepted things, and but the mysteries were out there. Um, and then you search and you struggle and, you know, you go through deserts of criticism and you're wondering what it's all about. That happens all the time, not just in the middle of life. But the final stage of, of the journey of faith is to dwell in the mysteries so that the mysteries dwell in you so that you see that in some older people and even in some younger people, that there is a kind of a, a peacefulness and a serenity. They've gone through a journey. I think Bernie Murphy is a good example of that. You know, he went, he went through struggles in his life um, emotionally and psychologically and spiritually, but he had a certain simplicity at the end where you could see that he was free, free for free to love other people, therefore. Absolutely. And it's when we can surrender to the mystery too and embrace it that yeah. we fully can, you know, um, understand what God's freedom is all about. But thanks very much, Brother Mark, to, for uh, being with us today. It's been a pleasure having you part of our new series. And I know that our listeners um, would have been very much engaged in what you had to say. And just to acknowledge that it's it's great that you uh, finally filled your life ambition of becoming a Sydney Morris brother as well. It's, I know it's been a pipe dream for so long, and now it's fully realised. So. No, that's right. But it, it, you know that that's, that brings me back to reality. As I've often said, as Freud said about the goal of psychotherapy, you know the best you can get in life is to move from neurotic misery to ordinary unhappiness. So, <laughs> so living here in Sydney has certainly made me ordinarily unhappy. <laughs> but, but warmer. It's a lot warmer than living in Melbourne. In uh, <laughs> well, good on you and thanks very much. Okay.